everybody, whether you're the president of a company or the paperboy, everybody has the exact same amount of time. You and I both have 24 hours a day. No more, no less. The question is, what do you do with your time? Real quick, my friends, go get my new book. It's called The Power to Publish. And it's at the top of the page of zbooks.co at the link, my new book. And it's going to help you with all of your self-publishing needs. Okay, back to that podcast. Welcome to ZBooks Successful Authors Podcast. And with me today, I have an author who hit number one in multiple categories on Amazon with his debut novel. The novel is called Psalm, and the author is Toby Dow. Welcome, Toby. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah. It's, hey, debut novel, multiple number ones. Uh, I guess, tell us about your book first. Yeah, first of all, well, the book's a, it's a murder mystery thriller, suspense, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of religious aspects involved, hence the the, the title Psalm. The book was uh, first um, first come about years ago. I just had the story in the back of my head, and I was going to actually write it as a as a movie script. Uh, and then someone said, "You know, if it's that good a story, you got to do it as a book first and see where it takes you." So um, about you know, 10, 11 years ago, I started writing it as a as a book and started out slowly and just adapted and. And here we are now. It's uh, got launched a couple of weeks ago, and the success has been pretty overwhelming, actually. Awesome. Yeah, you uh, talked about movie scripts, uh, so I'm jumping ahead uh, because I got I want to really dig deep into that. But um, yeah. uh, so first of all, uh, uh, it, it's a murder mystery, and I started reading it, and so I better not. I better not. You know, I don't want to give anything away. <laughs> it starts out really good and uh, uh, yeah, pretty cool. So tell us a little bit more about the premise of the book. Well, the book is, it's, I'm trying to, I don't want to give too much away. I'm quite <laughs> used to, it's one of those okay, tell where, us about the hero. Well, the hero is a guy called Harrison Carter who comes from a, a very wealthy family, uh, well-established social family that lives in California and his whole family have always wanted him to be you know, a, a politician or like his father, a, a medical um, practitioner. A, um, he's a surgeon at Cedar sinai You know, he's worked on some of the biggest people in the country, the biggest names in the country uh, operational-wise. And that's the whole family have always done that. They've always gone down that path. And, you know, it's just expected of him to follow the same path, to go down that path. But he's a little bit different. His mum doesn't come from that type of uh, social background. You know, she was... Uh, it wasn't as well off, it's just from a normal working class family. And so he sort of got her side, her genes, and he, smart as he is and as intelligent as he is, that sort of isn't him. The, the, the pop political side or the, or the medical side isn't really him, even though he can do it quite easily. And so he sort of follows his aspirations and moves into the, the field uh, of policing with the FBI. Uh, the FBI noticed just how with this kid is, I can just sense he's sort of like uh, a Clarice Starling sort of type character. Like he's, you know, he's above the rest of them in, in, in this field. And they pull him into uh, this FBI sort of unit that, you know, tracking the serial killers or the people around the, the country. And he he gets sent on 
this journey to a couple of murders that they believe have been created by the same person, but it's been laid low at the moment. Uh, he's been investigating it and he comes to the realisation that it is the same person and that America at, at this moment have a serial killer in their midst. And that's where the story sort of picks up uh, straight after, you know, it does start straight away. I wanted to sort of punch in the face type and start. So it start yeah. with a, uh, you know, a murder straight away, gruesome, because uh, I wanted to capture the, the reader's attention straight away instead of just leading slowly into it. It was just like bang, straight mm-hmm. from the start. And then it sort of plateaus out into what the story is about with, with each of them. But uh, Harrison, you know, he's, he's set the task of, trying to find, even though he's younger in the field of the division of the department where he works, that they, they see the, the potential in him. So uh, he, he's the one that's left to, to track down the killer. Cool. Mitch Harrison. So are you working on the next book? Yeah, I've, um, I've just started piecing it together. I'm very, I'm, I've always been fascinated with the JFK story. Hmm. Always, oh, yeah. Even being an Australian, it's something that's always fascinated me. You know, everyone has their views, I suppose you'd say, on what took place that day in, in Dallas. And, you know, there's a little bit of a, a JFK uh, storyline within Psalm. Uh, so I was going to try and sort of follow that on, only because of uh, the fascination I have you know, with the JFK story. So um, the next one, uh, I suppose I can tell you, what it's, called, it's called Bonnings of Pruder. Because there's always the story ah. about, uh, there's always the story about Certain yep. parts of the Sapruda film mm-hmm. have always been removed, uh, and you know that it's always that mystery about it. That you know, do, does the public really see all the all the frames of the Sapruda film? And so I've been researching that at the moment, uh, as about to just about to start planning the next book and, and the storyline that will go with, um, with uh, the Sapruda film. But it's basically about a, a, a college kid who finds out through hacking, however you want to call it, and realises the CIA have held back some some from the Zapruder film. They track him down. He runs in fear of his life, hands over the tape uh, to, like, someone in a a laundromat. I'm still figuring that part out, like, but he's, like, giving Harrison data at the FBI because he he read about Harrison's deal with uh, Michael uh, Hitchens in in Psalm, the other killer, and, and he's, and so he's, you know, he really wants Harrison to sort of look after this for him. Uh, the guy obviously ends up uh, deceased and Harrison gets brought in and, and he starts investigating the Zapruder film as well. So it's going to be, I'm still working out exactly the ins and outs of it, but um, it, it is in the, the early throes of. Um, yeah. You know, you can download the Zapruder frames. Uh, did you do yeah. that? Yeah. I've, I've, I've watched over it. A million times, I've seen yeah. it. You know, going back and Facebook. forth. Yeah, I'm over Facebook groups. Um, I'm, you know, I'm, on, I'm on the net all the time, trying to trying to find out exactly. Did you read the, the book? Um, that big fat book. Oh man, what was it called? About the official Kennedy investigation. And, the Warren uh, Commission. Yeah, I think that was it. But it was like a novel or something. Any no, it was nonfiction, and it had the pictures of like uh, Kennedy's brains on the gurney. Mm-hmm. At, when they had wheeled him in and yeah. boy i tell you there are some gaping holes in that whole story because the bullets they found some of uh i think the magic so bullets they found, yeah, yeah the, the the magic bullet that they found was like was like untouched 
it, and yeah. it went through eight pe- bones or something, and there was no scratches on it. And that, you yeah. know, I, I'm from California. I go shooting. I used to go shooting. And, and uh, there's no way that a bullet's going to go through eight bones and not have any scratches on it. And it was like, and it was like somebody placed the bullet on the gurney too, so that you could find it. What do they call that in mysteries? Um, an overwhelming evidence, um, a preponderance of evidence. Yeah. yeah and it means it. that that's a setup because there's yeah. never a preponderance of evidence, you know? Well, that's always been my, it's always been my thing with JFK, even though I'm Australian, but you know, it's something yeah. that's always intrigued me is that even with, you know, when Trump was, you know, just before, I think it was two years ago, he said he was going to release all the files. Yeah. Like JFK, and he declassified quite a few, but not all mm. of them. He did. And to, me, and to me, it was like, well, if there was nothing to hide. Mm. Why would you just not release them? Uh, and and yeah. that's and that's 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 the whole story. Like, you know, um, all these arguments I watch on Facebook and all these groups. I mean, I never get involved, but I just I sit back and listen to everyone's stories. And even though they they oh you know the people are conspiracy theorists and blah blah, but I'm like, yeah, but if it was so simple as just one bloke killing him, hmm. why why would that guy need to be killed as he's walking by an unknown person, Jack Ruby walking down the, the driveway? Yeah. Why why would why would you, Jack Ruby need to be you know, isolated, taken to another state. Why would, why would the government need to declassify all the, uh, classify all these files? Why would they not just yeah. allow? So it's just been one of those things that um, mm. it's intrigued me about it that you know a country could possibly get away with murdering its own president. Yeah. So when I started reading about the Zapruder film and some of the theories that there isn't, uh, there, there there isn't all the frames within the actual film of the CIA. And I think it was Time Magazine bought the film straight away of Abraham Zapruder. And that there is actual frames missing. And that's what I've been trying to now mm-hmm. work into a book. Uh, and in the book, obviously, the person finds the frames, which then can dispute the lone nut theory. And, mm-hmm. and hence will be the, the subject of the next the next uh, Harrison Carter cool. endeavor book. Yeah, there's been a lot of books written about that. But well, let's get back to your book first. You know? <laughs> and... Uh, 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 you, you were, did you ever live in California? Because I noticed you have a lot of, uh, the, the book begins in, in Los Angeles and it looks like, you know, you, you really know what you're talking about or was that your co-author? Well, yeah, I, I have been there. Yes. I have been there. Uh, I've been there a couple of times, been New York as well, but, um, I, I, I knew the layout basically of California, uh, having been there before. Um, now Karen was introduced because I had it. I wrote the book and could only write it so much and because of the difference in spelling between American and Australian sort of English and how we structure things, everything was different. I needed somebody. When I was finished the book, the lady out here that, that has helped me quite a bit, Lynn Santa, I, you know, I was talking to her and we were like, I, I need it now. I'm, I suppose you would say Americanized, being the story is based in America. So, I, you know, when we read a lot of American novels out here, the way you spell things are different to how, how we do, but not everything but you know a few and considering it was an american-based story even though i'm australian i needed it americanized so found a couple of uh, authors over there uh, karen was one there was two other people we sent them the first page only and we asked them then to bring back uh right back the first page how they would have it in american how they would style it uh karen was the first person to get back to us i actually didn't read the other two people's i, I just read karen's and just saw how well she uh Set it out, and I was like, "Just hire her. Let's hire her straight away." So we struck a deal with Karen, 
and um, we sent over the manuscript and she sent it back. Uh, how long? About eight, nine months later, I just, let it, I just said, take your time, just do it properly, get it all done so I didn't have to re-edit. And, and, and then, so that, that was it. I just left it in her hands for a while. Then she sent it back and it is what you have today. Cool. Cool. Um, yeah. Uh, so you said it was a script first. So did you follow the, the, the beats like uh, the, the Save the Cat template or something like that? Yeah, no. See, I'm very, um, it might surprise people if you read this, how, how this book started. And uh, I wanted to write it as a, as a script, but that was my whole thing. But then, because uh, I just had, in the back of my head, it was always more of a film. Like was, this will be a good film. This will be a good filming story, because uh, of all the all the parts I took from other sort of, especially you could say films or books, like you know, Seven, Silence of Lambs, uh, Sleepers, uh, mm. Sleepers film. So you know, there's an aspect with the priests. Uh, so it was all those different ones. I thought, you know, if you mix all them three together, then it would make a great film. But I don't have the um, expertise in screenwriting, so I was like, well, <laughs> let me write as a book first, and we'll see if we can. Know, the, the residual value later on as a film would come into play. So I actually, knowing how Save the Cats and Beats, all these work, I, I actually have just wrote this from the top of my head. I, I, it's one thing I would do differently next time would be uh, definitely to, to uh, have a plan, better better drawn out plan, have it, the chapters written. But it was just something I just had in my head. I, I just had it and I just went with it. I just kept writing, kept writing, kept writing. I didn't yeah. have this was the next chapter, this was the next. It was just one of those things. You know, hundreds of people saying, how did you think of that? Or, how did you think of that story? Yeah. And I was like, well, it was just one of those things you hear people say, it just came to me. Mm-hmm. And, and that's exactly what it did. It just it just actually just came to me how, how it was. So I just I just continued with it, just continued with it. And when Karen came involved, I was, she got back to me and said, we should change this part for this and move that chapter to there. And, I, and yeah, you know, it's when you've got to bite your ego, even though it's, you know, it's, this is my baby, but I, I knew it was best for the book. And I was like, yeah, okay, do it. Just do it and let, let's see how it turns out. And it, and it worked out perfect. She did you know, a terrific job in doing what she did. Um, so it, it was it was weird how, how it happened. And probably that's why it took me a lot longer and it probably should have now because I didn't have a plan, but because I was just in the zone with writing it and I just had the thoughts in my head. I just kept going and going going i didn't stop and write down a plan which is you know it's definitely something i would do next it's there's like the next one it, it, that's where i'm at now straight away with there's a pruder one because of the fact that i, I don't want to go through that again you know i, I want to make sure it's done properly and then yeah. if it's done properly it will actually take less time well that's pretty cool though it's a, some people say you know it's a catharsis it's a scratch you got an itch so if you yeah, did it was, like that yeah. in the zone and that's pretty cool and yeah okay Going back and editing is 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 a is a nightmare, but you got to do it. I mean, what what was that saying? It's it's ten percent uh, creativity and ninety percent editing. Yeah, well, that's so, basically what it was. I I think I I got to the point with the book. I, I'd rewritten the book probably four or five times, and I, I could not. I just I could not read it anymore. <laughs> I, I just could not do any more with it because I'd seen it so many times. And, I couldn't read. I'm, oh, I couldn't, I'm looking on my computer screen now. You, I'd be reading it on the computer screen. I had to print it. I actually had to print it out on paper to read it because I couldn't. I couldn't see mistakes. I couldn't see any edits. I couldn't see, and so I would sit there and mark it like a teacher, mark and mark, and send yeah. it away. Someone else would do it, and then in the end, I'd had to. I would get different people to edit it as well because of the fact that I just could not pick anything up. 
and it was getting harder and harder. And, and then obviously, the more and more you edit, the less and less mistakes there is. But you think you're missing, mm. excuse me, some mistakes, but you're actually not. There's none there. But uh, look, there's still, I think there's still a few in, in the book. If I was to be honest, there's probably you know a few still mm. left. But I, I, I just couldn't, I couldn't see anymore. I, I just could not see it. So mm. we, uh, I ended up just going, look, that's it, Paul. Let's publish it. Let's get it online. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 I'd, I'd had, I'd had enough of it because when you read something so often. You scan, you start, you know what's coming up, you know what's next. Yeah. You just pick up anything that's in front of you, which is so blatant. So um, the editing part, that was, that's one thing I did learn about uh, the books was the book was finished probably you know, five, six years ago, but the back of house stuff, getting it edited, book covers, this and that, uh, that that's all the stuff that I now know that I didn't know before. So you know, I'll be a lot more forward with uh, further, further books. How many words is it? When I first finished, it was, I still remember the first day I finished, I was laying on the lounge, my wife was laying next to me, and I nearly started crying. It was 123,000 words when I first finished. Cool. I think it's, I think it's a touch over 83 or 88 now. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, a, a lot have been edited, as you can tell, a lot have been edited out. 20,000 words is a lot to take out. So yeah. uh, I was very, very descriptive when I first wrote the book. Everything was highly descriptive very much in the in the realm of uh american psycho type uh how that was written uh so uh, it was very very descriptive and then camera was like it's too descriptive you know that's instead of explaining a murder you go for two pages let's bring it back to you know, a quarter of a page and she has trust me you need to do that because that's you know people it'll just get to the point you'll you'll uh, elongating the murder i was like okay no worries so we that, that, that all the type of things that you know I learned along the way. Um, yeah, uh, moving forward would be better. She taught me that uh, quite well. You know, I owe a lot for that. Cool. Yeah. Um. You kind of already answered one of the que- my next questions. How do you figure out your plot points and I mean your twists and your plots and because uh, it's a thriller, yeah, you have was... to have how many twists are in your. Well, maybe we shouldn't tell them how many. Twists. No, 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 no. Yeah, there's um. Yeah, in this one, there's you know quite a few. If you've read, you know, it gets to the end. There's one, and then when you think it's over, there's another. Then there's one more. There's like three major ones, I suppose you could say. In this uh, one, yeah, yeah, three. I'd say major ones in this, and uh, just when you think it's over, there's another, without giving any away. But um, that, that I do all that before. I, I made sure. So even though I said I didn't plan this book, I knew what what I was writing though. Uh, I don't sound weird. The whole thirty-something chapters in my head, I knew exactly where I was. Going. Uh, I know that's a lot to to keep in your head, but uh, I had it all in there, and it just—I um, knew exactly each chapter, so I didn't. For some, it was just one of those weird things. But with the next one, um, I'm still trying to figure out. It, it, uh, all I, I know the basis of it. I know where I'm going with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know what Harrison's job in the book is. I know the person who finds out there's a Pruder film. Was it for all parts of it are missing? I know what their part is, but then it's trying to turn. There probably won't be as many twists in this one as there was in in Psalm, uh, based on um, the storylines different, completely different. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, in Psalm, I, I knew straight away that there had to be two or three big twists, like sort of like Seven, and uh, sort of like um, what's the film um, Sixth Sense. Mm-hmm. Watch the Sixth Sense, and the whole way through the yeah, film, Bruce Willis. Yeah, Bruce Willis. Yeah. yeah, but the whole way through the film, you know, 
Yeah. It's, yeah. Looking, like it's looking you in the face, but you don't realize it. Yeah. And that's what I wanted to do with Sam. And that's what you know, a lot of people have said the same thing. You know, yeah, both, I, I never both picked really good movies, said, huh? oh, Yeah. Yeah. And I said to him, I said, well, that's what I wanted. I, did, I wanted people to sort of look back on it and go, it's been looking at me from the start. And people who end up reading it will understand that, you know, when they've, when they've mm. got the twist. But that's exactly how I wanted it to play out. And, you know, I've had a lot of people going, oh, don't tell me about it. I'm like, I won't. But I said, trust me, you won't pick it. But I said, if you do, you've done well. But it, it, you won't know until they know in, within the book. And that's what I wanted. I didn't want it to make it so obvious. Mm. Are you finding it easier to write your second book? Um, piecing together, I'm writing. Um, <sighs> easier? No. <laughs> not, not really, because you know what? I know this will be this, the next one would be planned out. I, I get that, but I don't have the entire story set out in stone. If you sort of know what I mean in my mind, whereas in Psalm, even though I didn't plan it, I, I knew the story for a while. I always had it in my head, and that's what that's why I acted on it. I was I was always thinking of what what would make a good film, and I was taking bits of you know different parts of films, and like I said, you know, the Seven Souls, Lamp Sleepers, all these different films that I loved and. And so I was taking them in, but with this one, I don't have that. I, I, at the moment, I don't have it. I have the basis of the story, but I'm still trying to figure out mm-hmm. the little bits of it, like where it's going to lead. Well, and so in it, I'm sort of looking at, you know, like JFK, the Donald Pleasance, uh, not Donald Pleasance, Donald Sutherland scene when he's talking to um, Kevin Costner at, you know, outside, I think it's the Capitol building on the lawn there, and he's explaining to him how this could not have happened because he was over there and, you know, in New Zealand at the time and it's only been six hours, but they already knew the murder and all this type of stuff. And I, I sort of want to see like that with someone explaining certain things. And, I'm, and that's where a lot of my uh, reading and uh, investigation at the moment is going, trying mm-hmm. to find out that it was, you know, piece together those parts and then I can sit down and go, okay, this is what I'll do. This is how it's going to start. This is how it's going to end. I, I already know how it's going to end. Yeah, that's but a good question. Yeah, so the start and the finish, I've sort of got it's where I'm leading the, like the journey for the reader throughout the middle. That's mm. that's the part that I'm, that I'm working on now. Yeah, I'm right there with you because um, the first two books I wrote were 11 and 10,000, and the second one was 11,000 words. So now I'm also working on a novel and uh, uh, for over six months. And then, you know, after six months of going through it i just want to throw the whole thing away start start over yeah. you know yeah well you get those things you know you, you get you get that I, I used to take time off all the time because i yeah. even though i knew what i wanted within psalm i didn't know how to write it mm. I, I didn't know like how to do it so mm. i would um you know i suppose i call it writer's block you know, you, you know what are you doing i for me i would walk away from it i, I would walk away from from, from the book Completely. You know, sometimes I'd take, you know, hence why that, you know, maybe the time frame was longer because I would walk away and not touch the book or the story for three months. So if I had that block, instead of sitting down and getting frustrated by it or, you know, starting to get anxious about I'm not finishing it, I would just say, you know what, leave it because it'll come back, it'll come to you again. And then, so I'd be, I don't know, I'd be at work or I'd be with my son or I'd be out the back. And and it was always in the back of my mind and it, it would just sort of like a light would go on and go, I'd go, that's it. That's what I've got to do. And I'd write in, I'd jot it down somewhere on a bit of paper. Yeah. And then that night I'd, I'd go back in and I'd start again. And mm. that's, that's how I always dealt with things like that. You know, when I, I sort of didn't know where to go, or if I was getting frustrated with it, you know, my wife pushed me a lot with this. You know, like, I sort of did one. A lot of times I'd want to like, just leave because it was just taking so long. And geez, you never know, keep going, you never know. So I'd you know, keep going, but 
um, knowing where to go with it, that was the hardest bit. Or if I, you know, I, I, I like it, you know, that writer's block type mentality. I wouldn't mind, I suppose, if anyone, anyone watches this and they have that, that, um, that, that thing, I would say walk away from it. That, that would be my best thing would be to walk away, mm-hmm. clear your mind. Yeah. If you think too much, you, you're going over it, you're crossing over it. Mm-hmm. I would just completely leave, like not even worry about it. I'd, I'd put it aside and think, you know what, in three months' time, I'll come back. And within that three months, I'd have all fresh ideas with it. And then I would come back. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, that's cool. how I sort of handle the situation. Yeah. You know, um, getting back to the uh, Kennedy thing, did you know that, uh, I don't know if they do this every year or if it was just a one-time deal, but they they have this shootout where, uh, I don't know if it's in Texas or where it is, but they invited some of the best shooters in America and they had a, 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 a trapper, you know, a, a fake car going down the street yeah. and, and they, uh, did you hear about that? Because um, no, well, they I, take shots at trying to recreate. Exactly. There's dummies in the car. And then, yeah. uh, so uh, the best shots in the world are in America. Uh, uh, they were able to hit, hit them uh, and the, the crazy thing is they tried to use this, the, the, was it an Italian Caracano carbine, so, something like that. And uh, uh, so that's the thing. They don't have the right gun. So they, yeah. I think they have an advantage. But some of the guys did hit the dummy. Still doesn't explain anything. No. But the shot is possible from that window uh, in the building. And yeah. Uh, well, it's look, the shots possible. I think it's the the three shots in six seconds. Yeah, that, yeah. Um, and you know, this you know, without getting too much in because get, yeah, there's a million things you can talk about with it. But um, you know, you know, a guy has planned such a big deal of you know going to kill a president that leaves shell casings on the floor, and you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, yeah, 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 the social, yeah. sorry, not social, the um, the security, you know. Secret Service leave windows open, buildings which you know they would never do, and there's yeah. all it's just so many different factors where you go, yeah, one guy possibly could have done it, mm-hmm. but I think you know with all the evidence and all the, all the witnesses that have come forward and or didn't come forward, but you know they were they weren't interviewed by the Warren Commission even, mm-hmm. you know a lot of them, uh, a lot of people died mysteriously that, that said that they'd seen people behind yeah. the grass and old gun smoke, the yeah. the train guy that was in the train. The train yeah. uh, building at the time, whatever he, he came forward, and he also um, he died mysteriously in cars, car crashes, and all these things. Mm-hmm. You know how they so killed Jack Ruby? Him. Well, yeah, he, he ended up dying of cancer, didn't he? A heart attack. But heart attack. Um, there's this thing called prussic acid, which is a very old poison. It's the byproduct of making Prussian blue ink, and this prussic acid is what the uh, it's it's hundred years old. They used it in World War, no. In between World War I and World War II, uh, the Nazis and the communists in Germany used to kill each other with it. You can put it in a spray bottle, and if you get one drop on any mucous membrane, it takes the oxygen out of your blood. And what happens is, if the coroner is not looking for it, then he says it was a heart attack. And, oh, yeah. uh, and this is old news. This is... Um, this is low tech stuff. You can make it in your kitchen, <laughs> and awesome. and it's a known poison of the CIA. And uh, so, the the autopsy they must look for this stuff to find it. If they don't, they always say it was a heart attack. Well, Ruby, you know, Ruby wanted to be 
uh, removed from the prison he was in. He, you know, he, mm-hmm. he said on, on an interview, you know, you take me to Washington, I'll tell you what happened. <laughs> but he, he never got that chance. You know, he, he, he ended up, uh, you know, dying. I just, there's just too many, I don't know, having too many variables to say that yeah. it was just one person that yeah. sat there. But yeah. I suppose at the end of the day, we'll, we'll probably never know because they're, they're never going to come out. We're going to have to do another podcast about that. <laughs> when the next book's finished, that's, that's, um, because, yeah. uh, and that's, we'll say that's, that was part of, you know, with Sam, that was also part of when I was thinking of storylines and, you know, what to talk about and what to write about. I always thought, you know, books that create a bit of controversy, I suppose you could say, they always become successful. You know, the Vinci Code is one, whether you believe the storyline or not. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I've had arguments with some of my friends out here in regards to the Da Vinci Code because, you know, oh, but, you know, he says this and I go, no, but do, do you, have you actually read the book and understood what his theory is? Like, it's not saying there wasn't a God and there wasn't a Jesus and that. You know, he's just saying that uh, the Holy Grail wasn't a chalice. It's, it's the Holy Grail is actually a bloodline descendants from Jesus. And I said, so, you know, it's just different to what the Bible is saying. You know, everyone has their, their views on it. I said, I'm not saying it's true. It's not. I said, because one of those things again, I will never know. It's just what you want to believe in. I said, does it make sense? Yeah, it does make sense. You know, that's, he's not saying religious side never happened. He's saying religious side is true. But the bloodline is actually the Holy Grail, which I, I can make an argument for. You know, it's, it's not a cup. It's actually that, which, but that's it created a lot of, you know, it created a lot of, interest and a lot of uh, division, which made it sell a lot of books to become the highest, I think, highest seller of all time. Mm-hmm. So hence, that's why I wanted, you know, with um, Priest, the, the part about the priests in the book, mm-hmm. um, the JFK aspect, all these things I wanted to put in. So it did sort of make people talk about certain aspects within the book and, and not, not be argumentative, but, you know, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. Talk, talk amongst each other. Have you read this? Do you think that could have happened? Blah, blah, blah. Well, yeah, it didn't, especially at that time. You know, there was movies like Spotlight that had come out hmm. at, at, you know, about the priests and things like that. So it was a good timing. It's just that by the time I finished my book, all of them had, had moved on. So yeah. it was just one of those things. Cool. What is, um, so what is your inspiration or well of creativity? Um, my main inspiration, especially for this book, was to see how far I could take it. Um, I, I've always had that mind where you know it ticks over, and I'm always thinking of things to always thinking of different things to write or or to do or to create. You know, I, I've been in a lot of uh, a few TV shows in Australia, acted, uh, TV commercials, things like that. So it was more okay. If you haven't made that by now, let's get behind the camera type thing. Let's you know let's portray something that we can get other people to. Know, to put to film and uh, I, I, with this book that's what I was saying before the storyline was always in regard to what could come of it down the track besides just being a book of what's commercially viable uh, moving forward what, what's the residual value for you know can it be a series can it be a film can, it, uh, can you get you know, people ask you hey, this would make a great Netflix you know, series whatever with Harrison Carter what, what, what are some of the other stories yeah. we can get with him and, and that's why I, uh, you know, I wanted to do something that where I hopefully I get the chance to keep going with it further down the track. Cool. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, so I, tell us about your categories. You, you were uh, number one in script writing, number one in um, uh, Christ Christian science, I think. Christian science Christian and, and uh, Christian thrillers and a bunch of Christian stuff. Is Yeah, there was a lot of, yeah, I, I didn't know how Amazon in Australia obviously isn't as big as it is in America. It's not, uh, it, it's not something we sort of look at straight up. So if we go online to buy something, most people here would go on eBay. Uh -huh. uh, Amazon, Amazon's there, but it's not, uh, I suppose it's not, it isn't as big, I suppose, here as it is in America. So when Paul was saying it's what we do, put on Amazon, then obviously I started researching and realizing there's like 35, 40 million books on Amazon. And, you know, Jeff Bezos started reading more about it because it wasn't as big. And um, Paul said to me, look, we get 10 categories, you pick five. I'll pick five. He said, but uh, five that I will pick will probably be a bit uh, left of center of what you would probably pick. And I, I also had a murder thriller, political thriller, religious thriller, all these ones where it ties into the storyline of the book. And Paul never told me what he chose. And then four or five days after it's released, I, I went on my author page and number one in screenwriting, number one in Christians. And I, I understood where he went with it. It was a very smart move on his behalf to do what he did because even though I would never, I didn't even know these categories existed, let alone, yeah, um, chose them. So he, he saw you know, psalm being a religious a, a wording, so he, he went down that path. And you know, people still have the right to read the description of the book before they buy it. So, you know, even though a lot of my friends are saying, you know, it's, it's not a Christian book as such, I go, no, but you know, you, you know, there's still a hundred thousand people probably a day going on that. On that those sections, and they can still they have the choice which book they want to buy. So, so to place mine as at number one in you know, three or four of those categories was yeah it was still it was it was really warm to know that you know a lot of people yeah. like, this book sounds well this book sounds like something I want to read. So I think it was only I think mean, it was yesterday the day before I checked it was still number two and three in all those categories. Which yeah, I'm, I'm looking up. at it right now. It's number one in Christian Science in America. Number two. Yeah in Christian liberation and number two in Christian sacraments. No, it's all right with the, the Christian thing. I mean, it's, it's, a, it starts out with, um, well, I don't want to, you know, but, kind of religiously motivated and, uh, yeah. Um, yeah. And Paul has, you know, all those tools like I do to, to check out the categories and it's pretty cool. Yeah. And yeah. Well, I wouldn't have known about this. Like, when he told me about Sorry, like when he when he told me about the categories, like I, I just thought you placed it on Amazon. I had, I it was all new to me. All this, I had no mm -hmm. idea. And he said, yeah. "Man, we're gonna, we're gonna pick ten. You know, we, you pick five. And I I didn't even know there was actually the Christian hmm. uh, yeah. category on the Amazon because I didn't look. I just started looking straight. Obviously, where murder thrillers and all all those all those books will be placed. And he goes, he was like, I, someone told me that he was really good at what he did. I always got told you got to leave it to Paul. He, does he knows how to not manipulate i suppose you could say he just knows how to place he knows how the system works and he did a great i you know i do it straight away with him again I, you know, anyone that that's looking to you know do their own book and put it on you know i'd, I'd give paul brady a, a plug at brady consulting and you know yeah. let, and get them to uh yeah i like you know, paul he's a good guy he's a, he's a good guy but he just you know he did it right you know he, yeah. he, he knew he sort of knew where the book was because the book could obviously can um, go over quite a few categories, but he yeah. knew exactly where to place it. Yeah, I, I'm seeing right here. It's still twenty six thousand in all 
of the Kindle store. That's good. That's good. Yeah. I mean, in, in all books. Uh, well, that's, yeah, that's right. When you consider there's, you know, millions and millions on there. It's, um, yeah. Do you have you know, um, Amazon.au? Yeah, we do. Yeah. So okay. when I, I only wanted to launch it in America. My whole thing was an American story launched in America uh, for the basis that, like I said, residual value of the book, trying to get a film or a TV series out of it with the storyline, characters, etc. So I was always just doing it in America. That, that was it. And I've had a lot of people, obviously a lot of my friends in Australia uh, come to me and say to me, you know, where can I buy it in Australia? What can I do? I'm like, well, I didn't release it out here. Like, you can still buy it. You just go on the Australian amazon.com.au site. And I think the only difference is it gets made in America and shipped over. So you pay extra for shipping. Yeah, but for Kindle, it doesn't matter, right? Nah, it, you know, it doesn't worry me. I get the author copies cheaper, so it's all right. So it was okay for me. But I had a lot of people say, but you know what? I had majority of my friends all bought the book. They couldn't believe. But I didn't tell them. No one knew I was even writing. So I'd always keep it down because I didn't want to put the pressure on myself or everyone going, when's the book coming out? When's your book coming out? You know, a few people knew and they used to ask me. So I, I never told anybody else. So when I actually put it on Facebook and told everyone, you know, this journey's been going for 10 years, blah, blah, blah. And they were like, what? We didn't even know you were writing. And then that's amazing. And then, you know, within that week, it had gone to number one on all those categories of bestseller next to it. And people started yeah. noticing it. And it sort of got a bit of life, a lot more life out here yeah. based on that. That's cool. Yeah. Well, sometimes some of the professionals and experts out there say it's actually not a good idea to get your mom and everybody to buy the book because then they, uh, they, the algorithm uh, is influenced by their shopping habits. And yeah. if your mom is, for example, into, you know, cats <laughs> and the first people that buy your book are into cats, Amazon will start indexing your book to cats. Yes. Kind of uh, that, okay, you know, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the algorithm's yeah. secret, but that's kind of yeah. how it works. You yeah. Know? yeah. So they I say, we don't nut jobs buy my book first. So, uh, <laughs> exactly. So the murders and all those type things exactly. would happen. Yeah. There are so many savvy marketers out there and that's, they say the first thing you got to do is, you know, you build up your beta readers of yep. really focused to your niche or, Hey, do you say niche or yeah. niche? Niche. <laughs> We're niche. Are you niche? <laughs> That's wrong. It's niche. It's niches. Yeah, yes. Well, see, and this is where I was talking about the uh, the language and the and and the English with Karen. That's yeah. That's why I had to you know employ Karen to to do what she did, and uh, you know because I didn't you know our phones obviously being Apple, you know they ask yeah. you know what English do you want, and they have Australian English, uh, England or American type English because Australians talk obviously a lot different. We talk a lot faster. We talk. You know, we cut off our sentences. We abbreviate a lot. We have a lot of a, a slang. Everything's slang terms out here. So, spring. That's why Karen. You know, is, you know, she was unbelievably great in doing what yeah. she did because I couldn't do that because I don't know. So, you know, again, I'll have to go down that same path once yeah. um, the second book because I. I yeah, but your mum, M O N, where M U N, and you know, all the spelling is okay. different. Yeah, but sometimes you can never win because I said niche for years and I never thought about it. And then, I don't know, a couple of years ago, a British guy said, it's not niche, it's niche. And said, so, wait a minute, you're British. I thought they said niche. No, yeah, no, no, it's, it, because it, it doesn't rhyme with riches. You can't say there's riches and niches, there's riches and niches. Yes. So <laughs> yeah. it's, like, 
But somebody corrected me and and I said, what do you mean? You know, and okay, I've been saying it wrong this whole time. Sorry. And now you say it niche. Yeah, but we get influenced a lot by the American language. So uh, if something is big in the American language there, forces its way, I suppose you'd say, you know, it imposes itself in the Australian language as well. I uh, used to say buoy. So, you know, the the buoys that are in the water and they're bouncing up and down. And Americans say buoy. We just used to say boy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a boy. Okay, buoy. It's a boy. Yeah, I think I said buoy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so buoy. <laughs> so you know, but now but now it's slowly starting to be here we go, you know, tie the boat to the buoy. You know, whereas before all over her growing up was boy. Yeah, it, it is was, so it's, strange. Like, you know, well, I, I came to Germany in nineteen ninety-five and there was almost no Halloween. And then somewhere around ninety-nine, two thousand, some candy company said, okay, this year we're, we're celebrating Halloween. And now Halloween's a big holiday in, well, a big day in Germany. How is it in, in Australia? It's the last probably 10 years, it's really taken off. Growing up with me, nobody did Halloween in Australia. Now, in the 80s, 70s, and even through a lot of the 90s, there was no Halloween. It was like, oh, right. it's an American thing. It's an American thing. That's all you ever heard. Mm. Why are we doing this? We're Australian. We're not American. We don't celebrate yeah. it. Uh, in the last probably, my son's nine, so yeah, probably seven, eight years, it's really taken off to the point now where houses in our street are all decorated with Halloween. You know, they, yeah, they, but how does that happen? You adopt American words and then you adopt Halloween overnight because of the, the candy culture, company? Yeah, just, or was it a well, grassroots thing? It's just a, I think it's, it's just the American influence, I think. that's what Or it is it advertising it, because of the social yeah, media thing? I, I, you know, I think Australians take on a lot what Americans take on. Yeah, and that, that was and that was with this book. What was one of the reasons why I went to America before Australia was or you know, released it there was because my theory was always whatever is big or takes off in America normally does well here as well in Australia. Is it Australians, true? Uh, to, yeah, in part it is. Yeah. So if, the, if there's a really big movie in America, hmm. nine times out of ten it'll be popular here. Now, if there's a if there's a popular book in America, yeah, you know, take Vinci hmm. Code or whatever. They become big books out here because you know, mm. we read so much, so much influence in media and advertising that here is based on sex. So I've just got to pop up on my computer. Um, it is based um, or influenced by America. Mm. So um, that was part of my my strategy in releasing in America. Was I always thought, besides the fact that I want to try and get deals with the book, obviously down the track. So. Mm. Uh, if, if it was to become big over there, then you would just would hear anyway because Australians follow a lot of the American culture and hmm. a lot of the way we do music, TV, movies. It's just influenced a bit. I think Halloween fell into that category as well that it just eventually started building its way into Australian society and now come Halloween, it's sort of everywhere now here. Yeah, that, that's so strange. That one really stuck with me because in Germany, it was just like night and day. You know, okay, this year we're doing Halloween and boom, everybody did yeah. it. Where did that come yeah. from, you know? Yeah, that's what happened here. Same thing here, just sort of overnight. It just, but, but there was always a little bit. It wasn't mm-hmm. like, it wasn't ingrained in the culture here. It was just a little bit here and there. And then all of a sudden, it was just bang like now. Like I said, well, Australia lived in a little <laughs> cold sack and, and, you know, there's not a lot of houses. You're only about 20 in this little street. And, you know, every house just about is decorated come Halloween, which yeah. you know, it's good for the kids. I don't mind it. You know, we didn't have it growing up. 
I didn't even know about it growing up. The only thing I knew about Halloween was the movie. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So a strange um, thing happened here in Germany. They made um, 31st of October um, a holiday, a, a legal holiday now since one or two years. Uh, Martin Luther, uh, something to do with Martin Luther. And uh, so now I'm, I'm interested to see if the Germans co-opt it with Halloween and, and make it about Halloween. It'll be funny, but uh, anyway. Yeah, back to your book. Yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right, it's all right, it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So who's your favorite author? Um, well, I don't just have one. There's, there's probably a few that I, I really enjoy reading, obviously, in the sort of genre that that, that, that Sam was you know, depicted in. I'd say Thomas Harris is one. Mm -hmm. You know, obviously, Silence of the Lambs, Hannibal, all those. You know, I, I loved all those books. I loved all those films. You know, I actually, <laughs> actually had a review of Lady, which I knew was coming, you know, it, I didn't really want to read reviews because I didn't I didn't do it for that. You know, it was never like everyone always asked me how many of you sold. It's the first thing I get asked, how many of you sold and you know, how much money you made, what about the reviews? To me, it's it's not a, it was never about that. It was just about I wanted to tell my story. And I want because I had it and I thought people would like it. And if anything comes of it, it does and it got sold. And one lady on her review had just described, you know, maybe in another book or two when Toby's, you know worked his craft out more perfectly, he'll be more like Thomas Harris. You know, until then I'll sit mm -hmm. with Thomas Harris. And I'm like, but I'm not trying to be Tom. that's Thomas Harris. That's his job. He, he's a writer. That's what he does for a living. You know, he yeah. all there's people coming and doing this like I'm just a young bloke from Sydney, Australia, who had a good story and put it together. I, and you know, I work during the day. You know, I've got my son to look after. I used to go run the computer for an hour or two. I wasn't trying to be Thomas Harris, but Thomas Harris is one. Dan Brown, I love all Dan Brown's books, I think they're Put together uh, brilliantly, um, you know, not just Da Vinci Code, but I've read all these other ones as well. Seeing how he sets about how it all pieces together, he does it. He's a mm -hmm. master, master at doing that, that, that craft. And another guy called Ben Mesrich, who I love. Um, he's written, you know, a lot of these are based on true stories. I saw like Twenty One, Bringing Down the House, the the, the crews that used to go to Las Vegas and and manipulate the system. You know, all these books, Ugly, there's, I think, Ugly Americans is another one about a man that moves to Japan and, and works the system over there with the, uh, the index, the, the, the stock exchanges. Ah, yeah. Uh, uh, and then, you know, all these other ones. I, I love Ben Mesrich's books. I, he's he's probably my favourite, but he's obviously a different genre, a different style of writing than the other two are more uh, down my path with the murder mystery type thing. But Ben's... Ben's books are, you know, I love, yeah, I love Ben's, reading Ben's books. They just, they, I just get caught up in them because you know it's, they're real stories and he just tells them so great. Which Ben? Ben Mesrich. Ah, Ben, Ben Mesrich. Mesrich or Mesrich, yeah. Mesrich? Mesrich? I, I don't know, yeah. you know, I don't, I haven't read him. I, I've just heard of him. If you like those, there's a, there's a movie called 21. Yeah, the, I saw that. Yeah. MIT, that was... well, that's based on his, off his book. Oh, so okay. He, okay. he, he wrote the book 21 or Bringing Down the House. So those, um, yeah, that, those story, those stories are all based off Ben's books. So he, um, the, the books are fantastic. You know, I, I yeah. love the movies are good too, but uh, they, they're the type of books that he does. Was, uh, yeah, some, you would know there's another one you know really well too. Yeah. Can't think of it at the moment. Do you have a favorite book? Uh, the one I've probably look. I've read The Da Vinci Code about four times. I must have. Oh, really? really? Yeah, and, and it's not just look. I, the religious side, I'm not highly religious, but so it's not the religious side. It's it's a big book. Yeah, it's a big book, but it's like it's all the 
obviously, I obviously read about Dan, how long it took him to do this book, the planning. You know, the plan for his book, I think he said, was 364 pages long, which is unbelievable. It's like another novel in itself. You know, just the yeah. plan for his book, and he spent five years over in Europe you know, with another guy, and they were like, obviously, you know, have you, have you read that? Have you actually read the book? Have you read the Da Vinci Code? No. Uh, um, nope. <laughs> it's very, well, it's very, um, it's, it's very, you know, it's very intricate, like all the streets, all, all the yeah. streets you know, in Italy, and all, like he depicts them all perfect, like they're exactly how he does it. So obviously that would take so much time and effort to do. You know, obviously the, the research on the, with the um, uh, Michelangelo, all the all the paintings and that, that he, the Last Supper painting, Vinci's, um, all these, all these different things. And he, um, you know, how he pulls it apart and explains certain things. So, while I was reading it, I was going back and looking, like going, okay, the, the Last Supper, and looking at the, the, the you know, the, the painting and what he's saying and you know, the male and the female and this and it was just very intriguing. It just sort of opened up my eyes a bit. So I'd, I'd probably say that was probably uh, my favourite book I've read. Four times. Four times. Yeah, I, I, I just yeah, that, that goes to show you enjoy. I've read, there's only one book I've read more, and that was mine when I was writing it because I, I had to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, he if his outline was over three hundred pages, and um, I it's kind of like about knowing your reader and your audience too, right? Because yeah. I just read a book from Lee Child, and he was going on about the East Coast of the United States and talking about the highways that the killer was not that the people were driving on, and I got actually I didn't after he mentioned it once was okay, but then uh, he went into elaborate details about the the highways and the numbers of the highways. And I thought, yeah, I don't really like that actually. You know, I guess I'm a lazy yeah. reader, uh, yeah. but I guess with people that read stuff like the Da Vinci Code or what is it called? Historical fiction. They really want to visit the place, you know? Yeah. And you gotta, you gotta be correct in what you're saying. And yeah. this is, uh, he, he, he did it great. He, he doesn't push it on you though. It's just within the story. And so, yeah, you can sort of like as you're reading, you can sort of picture yourself like where he's going, and it was it was masterfully done. Hence why it became so successful. But it was obviously successful based on the fact that it was so. Uh, there was a you know a lot of a lot of stories about you know where it done, and then you know I was you know he ended up getting sued by the people that wrote Holy Blood, Holy Grail as well. So really, uh, who sued him? Uh, forget the, I don't know the author's names. I, I did read the book, ended up reading the book, Holy Blood, Holy Grail, which was released, I think, in 1980, early 80s. It was about well, mid-80s. And uh, their theory was basically the same theory that he used. So their book was written a long time before Dan. I've heard of that book, book, yeah. And he, and I, I read the story on these two people and when they were researching Holy Blood, Holy Grail, which was the basis of the Vichigo, which was the um, uh, the story of, you know, the bloodline more than the, you know, the, the, the chalice. And they said they were in Italy and they were staying in hotels and they said, we never told anyone we were there. We never told anyone why we were in a, over there. We we're just going around doing some research. And they would get notes under their doors at night telling them that they had to leave. They were getting watched. And they realised just how big <laughs> really was behind the scenes of the world. Like, you don't mess with religion. You know, this is people's faith. This is people, you don't try and discredit it. You don't do anything. So move on, get out. Like, don't write this book. And he said they were getting death threats, so they ended up getting out um, for their own safety. Which that he was said, Holy Blood, Holy Grail. Holy Blood, Holy Grail. Yeah. So that, that was the background story I was reading on the on the people. But uh, yeah, so Dan ended up actually, I think, getting 
uh, Dan Brown ended up getting sued. I think he lost the case actually. I think he lost the case for perjury. I think it was uh, copyright copyright issues, hmm. something like that. Yeah. Hmm. So interesting. Uh, That's very hard because, uh, I mean, how many variations of a theme can you patent or copyright? You know. Yeah. And that's the thing. I don't know how they do it. I, I don't know the. I don't know the basis of the outcome with the with the, the judges, mm. judges ruling. But um, I know he did lose the the case, and I, mm. I'm, I'm pretty sure it was to the people that wrote Holy Blood, Holy Grail. There was, I think, there was one or two people that that sued him. I think there was another one called the Templar Revelations that may have uh, another book that I, mm. that I read uh, about the Knights Templars that also may have um, influenced his uh, his storyline. So. I'll, I'll actually have to research that before next yeah, time. Yeah, but that's, you know, that's a pain in the, you know what, you, you research a book, your outline is over 300 pages. And then if you're successful, you're going to get sued. It's just ridiculous. Yeah. You know, I, I think, I think he made that much money off that book though. It might've been just a drop in the ocean that he had to. I hope so. You know, the guy, you know, Henry Ford, one of the inventors yeah. of automobiles, he got sued by somebody who said, I invented the automobile before you. And he had a drawing. And uh, so in, in um, they might've changed this law, but it used to be the first person to draw it and file the patent was the inventor. And I think now it's the first person to make it. Yeah. And, uh, but Henry Ford got sued uh, by a guy and he almost lost in court a hundred years ago, except the guy that sued him his engine was a two-stroke engine and Henry Ford's engine was a four-stroke and that saved Henry uh, Ford. And uh, basically he was the first victim of a troll because the other guy just had the drawing in his drawer and never did anything, yeah. with it. never did anything. And, but just waited for the right time to sue somebody, you know? <laughs> well, so that's going to happen. It was, it was like the guy I think that invented, I think there's a movie about it. I've never watched it, but I always wanted to watch it about the guy that invented the uh, windshield wipers on cars. He, and there's a, there's a Hollywood movie about it actually. And he huh. he sold it. I don't know if it was to Toyota or Ford, whoever it was. And he he they they just took the idea. And he was like, well, no, this is my idea that I gave. And he I think it cost him his marriage and everything. I think ends up winning. I think, I think in the end he ends up winning that they they admit that they stole his idea. Hmm. Uh, the wipers on the on the windshield. Yeah. Well. That's another rabbit hole. Back to your book. Yes. <laughs> okay. So, okay. I think I know the answer to this, but what would you do different if you had to do it all over again? Yeah, just, it would be, I think I was, like I said before, I definitely, the planning, uh, the, knowing now what I know, you know, going through all the process, uh, basically, I'll do everything different, um, but I have I have everything set out now. You know, I have the people I know who I can trust, where to go, what to do. Mm. For the writing side of it, I would definitely be planning a lot better. You know, as I said, that story would just came to me. And I know it sounds weird, and people would after they'd read, especially if there are other authors, if they would read it and they liked it, they go, now, "How did he? How did he put piece that together like that, like without any plan?" And it was just one of those things that. Yeah, it just happened. I just knew what I was writing. I knew the whole story in the back of my head. It was just how how to do it, how to how to bring it out to life. And now I, I don't have those. The only other book that I've ever had that I wanted to do 
was a, a oh, it's, it's a, a, a like a coffee table book and it's um this was actually the first book idea i ever had before psalm came and it, it, it's a coffee book uh, about if you could have 10 people for dinner at a table any people ever in the world that have ever lived who would the 10 people be that you would have as, as your at, at your dinner party and what i wanted to do was get you now like obama and I suppose you could say, you know, all the stars, like all the Oprah, all these people that are obviously influential and ask them who they would want and why would they want those people there. Like, you know, would you want Hitler and Jesus sitting at the same table? <laughs> but, you know what I mean? Like have all these people, you know, JFK and Jack Ruby or, you know, all the people in the history of the world that have lived, who would you want for dinner? Like, why would you want them there? Yeah, what, what, what would be your theory of having them? And, um, that that, that, that sounds like a good fun. series. Well, it was just, yeah, I thought because, you know, those big coffee table type books, mm. I thought, you know, if you had that, but mm. obviously getting access to people, um, mm. it, it, it would be hard, would be hard. So um, I, I, it was easier to write this book than probably trying to get access to people for that book. So I, hence why I didn't do it. But um, that, that's something I've always wanted to do. That, 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 that's a, a big coffee table book that I've always wanted to do would, would be that, you know, the, the ultimate dinner party and just like who would you yeah. invite but not see with all the stars, like who would you want there and, and why would you want them there? That was my next question, actually. If you could eat dinner with anybody, past, present, or future, who would it be? I think you know what I'm going to, I'm going to say here. So it'd be JFK. Ah, yeah. Definitely. I was kind of guessing that. Cool. And, and, and it's just, it's just been a, so I don't know. I don't know what it is. It's just that, that whole story, that whole enigma of JFK has just always been, hmm. just always been, uh, it's always grabbed me. It just yeah. always has been. So, you know, I, I, you know, I didn't know the man. I'm not in American politics as such and all that, but it's just been one of those things where, um, mm-hmm. you know, I'd, I'd, I'd love to invite him and, you know, talk to him. And, you know, What's the first him, thing uh, you would ask him about Maryland? Uh, you know, the first thing I would ask him, does he <laughs> believe he was, oh, no, well, if he's alive, I couldn't, could I? Um, I was yeah. going to say, do you believe that you were murdered by, you know, the, you know, the CIA or your own, yeah. your own government? Um I don't know. I, I, you know, I wouldn't know. I'd have to long, hard think about it. You know, Marilyn, yeah, Marilyn could get it right. <laughs> um, I'd probably get a list of questions I wouldn't be able to ask him. So, um, it's a private. If it's a private party, you know. Yeah, if it's just him and I, <laughs> you know, kicking back, chewing the fat, having a few drinks, then um, well, I don't drink, but um, um, yeah, that that'd be uh, he'd yeah. be um, he, he'd be the person I'd, I'd ask. Yeah. Well, um, do you know what he, what was his favorite drink? Was it whiskey or something like that? I, I don't know. Yeah. I know he likes cigars. Yeah. You get him oh, a good cigar. Then, you? I watched an episode once of a, um, what's it called? Was it Porn Stars where someone sold the JFK cigar box? That's mm. the JFK cigar box. Wow. How mm. much did they get for that? Oh, it was a lot. It was actually quite a bit. Yeah. It was I quite a it. bit. Yeah. It was quite a lot. I still had cigars in there. It was actually quite a lot. It was from the White House. So it was, um, oh. man. Man, his father had had it for thirty years or something. So, what um, are you building your email list? Um, not, not as such. No, oh no, my, I'm oh my, oh my, oh I'm my. trying. I know, I know. Look, there's a lot of there's a lot of parts book, of the, I yeah. suppose, the book in the mind that I'm still learning about. I yeah, suppose but, you could say. But your book um, is it number twenty six thousand in Amazon. You yeah. have to, you have to 
get your readers on your email list or to your website because you know your book is going down slowly hopefully yeah. not but yeah. you're this is the golden opportunity to collect subscribers like crazy you know i have to um I'm, i've just started because obviously because of my work and everything else so with the book I let it run at first, but now I'm, I'm understanding the, the marketing side of what to do. So I'm, you know, I've been in contact with uh, Facebook, Instagram, Amazon, and start you know, marketing uh, again with it. But also, I know the social media side's massive. Uh, certain people, you know, people get influenced by what certain people read on on their on their social media. Yeah. So that's uh, that's sort of like where I'm heading at now. Especially in Australia, it's hard for me for America because I'm not based there. So I do have some friends over there who I'm. I suppose you so I've reached out to and I'm hoping to get the book in certain people's hands. Because uh, I know if you know, someone's got five, six million dollars, five or six million uh, followers, you know, and they're seen reading a certain book and they may say, unbelievable story this, and you get 1% of those people buying the book. That's a lot of, uh, that's a lot of yeah, tape. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I'm sort of heading that way a lot. I'm sort of heading down that path trying to um trying to uh work the social media side as we speak actually that's been all, all this week that's what i've been been working on mm -hmm. okay cool uh, well yeah because that's my number one tip for anybody uh, i mean i i find it mandatory and uh because um in the beginning you know i was publishing a lot of stuff and then uh and then by the time I figured out the email lists, then the, the books that I was publishing had already gone down and then yeah. I, I lost the traffic. So yeah. your, your book is so high in getting all the traffic right now. You, you, gotta, you can do anything. You could put a link just to a wait list if you don't have anything to offer them or just a link to your whatever, to your profile. Yeah. But uh, the there best things, a lot of these things, a lot of this I never knew about. So when you talk about you know, things you would do differently, you know, yeah. next time, one well, of the questions you asked me before, yeah. these are things that I have planned out before I would release the next book. Now, you know what's really stuff. cool is um, I learned this from one of my favorite uh, authors and uh, marketers, Dave Chesson. I've interviewed him twice on my blog, and he has this, this method called the Kobayashi Maru method. It's like the, um, you know, that Star Trek thing. Yeah. It's kind of like, it's better described as an Easter egg method. You put a link in the book, and you don't say what it is. It's just you hyperlink one of the words in your story. And that leads to a, a cool little like mini story PDF that you make for them that they right. can only yeah. get with uh, email and uh, email sign up. And uh, that that one's pretty cool. I've used that one. And uh, yeah, but then, you, you know, you have to make the PDF mini story or something like that, you know, yeah. and uh, it's just been uh, yeah, that's just what I'm saying. Like, all, all this yeah, it was so new to me, all, all these different like, – and I've had people come in and say, oh, what are, have you done this? We do that. And I'm like, I didn't even know about it. Like, I, you know, <laughs> I, I, just wrote the, I just wrote the book and released it. I, yeah. And then it's after the fact I'm learning a lot of these yeah. you know, well, the, different the, variables of marketing and, and what yeah. you can do to help the book along, which I never knew. And so, you know, in future, for me, for future reference for myself, like I would mm. – I would have everything planned out and set, you know, on Monday we do this, on Tuesday this is going out, press release on Thursday, mm -hmm. et cetera. Like Paul, you know, introduced us. You know, so I had, you know, yeah. we, had, we had all these people uh, uh, emailing me in regards to uh, getting interviews. So yeah, without cool. Paul, I, I wouldn't have been able to do that. So it's just <laughs> been one of those. Yeah, it's, it has been a, it's been a big learning curve, I suppose you could say for me, as yeah. I, on 
on on the other side of the book. So not just the writing side, but the okay, you've written the book now, but how are you going to promote it? How are you going to look after it? You know, once it starts those first initial weeks, it's gone gangbusters. Yeah, it's gone great. But now with you know, I think there's ten thousand a day getting loaded on Amazon. You yeah, know, what, yeah. you know, you know what, how do you keep it relevant? And so to me, I was uh, the, the only thing I knew of was social media. So um, hence, I was you know, I'm starting to reach out, especially to a lot of people in Australia, because I knew it had traction in America. But a lot of people in Australia, uh, you know, I've hopefully a few things lined up in the next couple of weeks. So um, we'll yeah. see how it goes. Yeah, let me know if you need help because I'm I really love the email marketing thing because um. One of the reasons it's so important is that you get a one-to-one -one, uh, uh, conversation with your audience and your readers. Yeah. And then uh, somebody did a study about that, how uh, an email subscriber is worth about 100,000 Facebook followers. And uh, I think it was Brian Harris of Video Fruit. He did a really cool, and he showed, he showed the graphs and everything and how he sold the book or something. And uh, it was, it was, yeah, it was a big difference uh, between oh, yeah, Facebook I'm sure and Yeah, it made yeah. a huge difference. And like, like I said, you know, all, all this stuff for me is like, it, it's raw. It's <laughs> stuff, well, stuff I've never done before, no, stuff I never knew about, you know, like how to do it. So, um, you know, I, I'd only, that you brought that up, I'd, I'd only sort of started looking into that at the start of the week, actually. Started getting my, <laughs> my okay. Out. So my number one tip, my homework for you is MailerLite.com. Yes. That's probably the best platform for well, new yeah, authors. Sorry. What, what was it? Sorry, MailerLite, but they spell it like the Australians: L-I-T-E. MailerLite.com. L-I-T-E. Yeah. Mailer, like M-A-I-L-E-R, and then yeah, Light. Light. L-I-T-E.com. And uh, free account, uh, you get a thousand uh, uh, subscribers for free and make it, you can make a landing page and uh, they're definitely my favorite. I recommend them to all authors, new, old, whatever, and uh, easiest to use and they have the best functionality and it's, it's pretty amazing what you get for free from those guys. And uh, so- well, definitely. Uh, well, that's my homework for this afternoon when I get home yeah. from work. Yeah, I that's- it's a good shortcut because I've been through all of them, the paid plan. Well, not all of them because some yeah. of the, the paid platforms are very expensive, but I've been through a lot of them and mailer light is really good. And it's, it's intuitive. You can actually use it. Yeah. Okay. Let's do a blitz round. Okay. Okay. What's in your pockets right now? <sighs> I've, got. I've got my AirPods. So that's, that's what I had my that's what I had my pocket. Okay. That's all I've got. That's all I got in them actually. All right. What do you have a morning routine? Uh, yeah, I do. Every morning before work, I like to I like to get the newspaper. So mm -hmm. I get up, I get dressed, I go to work, I get the newspaper. I like to sit down. I like to have my breakfast and read the newspaper. That's something that I've always done. That's I've just always done it. I like you know I read the sports section, mm -hmm. then I go to the front read the all the other stuff i like that <laughs> it's, it's nice and old-fashioned you know because everybody's into this mindfulness meditation stuff if i meditate in the morning i fall back asleep you know <laughs> yeah no well i used to go surfing or do things like that but now that i'm uh, older and the yeah. injury in the body isn't how it was it's a lot different but i like i like every morning if i haven't read the paper before this time or if i haven't had my cup of tea or my toast or whatever it is that i'm having i i feel mm. lost i feel naked yes. of like what's going on I, that's 
it's just something I always do. I've always you live near the beach? Yeah, not far. Yeah, yeah, cool. not far. Yeah. So when's the last so time you went uh, surfing? Um, it probably nine months ago. I went oh, actually. Because I yeah, because I, um, I just <laughs> I have bad legs. I get injuries all the time, so it's just <laughs> it's not that I don't want to. It's just the pain I got to go through afterwards. So, but Let I'm all swim swim down there all the time. Yeah. We're always down there. It's not it's not. That yeah, bad. that's cool. Yeah, always yeah. down there. Just. I, I, went, I went surfing last time was 25 years ago. You know, I moved to Germany from California. So you know how you miss yeah. it when you move away. So yeah. get back to the beach, man. No, I, I think the it's, that's my happy place going to the beach. You know, that's yeah. everyone has a happy place. Yeah. I know all my friends are all the same. All my mates are surfing. We all grew up together down there. I think you know, we all go away, but we all come back. And that's our happy place. Cool. Yeah. What, what's, um, what's the uh, number one surfboard brand there? Oh, there's so many now. There used to be a lot. Growing up, there wasn't as many. There's, oh, there's so many now. Uh, you got to know Will Weber. Will Weber surfboards. Will's yeah. a, a friend of mine. He's one of the great shapers out here in Australia. Oh, Will Weber, really? his brother. Cool. Yeah, his brother Greg as well. Um, yeah, the Weber boys, they go well. There's also um, oh, Firewire. Oh, there's a heap. It's most different than when we grew up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There was yeah. like Aloha and a couple of others, but now there's yeah, there's boards everywhere. There's all different boards. Yeah, pretty crazy. Yep. What? Um. Cool. So, so what's on the horizon for you? Besides uh, your next book, of course. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I'm I'm really trying to push to get this book into the hands of the right people. That that was my aim all the time with this story. Uh, I always believed in the story. Like Lynn, who I talked about before. You know, when Lynn first read the book, my my first manuscript of it, there was so many mistakes and it was so raw and so. It was ugly, and yeah, but but she got back to me, and she's like, you know what? As much as it's as hard as it is to read right now, and like I filter through all the mistakes, the story is phenomenal. She goes, I, I love the story, and I, I and that's what I always said to her, and I suppose to anyone that sort of asked me about it was, I'd always believed in the story, but the story would make a great film or a series or whatever, and that that's how I was was always visualizing down the track. Uh, that that residual value for the book. So um, I'm just at the moment. I'm just still working on uh, obviously promoting the book, the story, um, working on getting it to the right people, which is uh, my main aim at the moment. Uh, I'm lucky to have a few contacts here in Australia that have contacts to get it to certain people, which is which I'm trying to do. I'm sending the book out to a lot of. Uh, I know, it's a, I know it's a hard, uh, it's a long shot, now, but I'm sending the book out to a lot of producers and, and filmmakers and that over in, in Hollywood as well, which, you know, I know nine times out of ten, no one's going to, probably, probably gets put to the side or not read, but you, know, you only need it to land in that one hand that someone looks at and goes, this has got something, you know, this is something yeah. we can work with you and get that one call. So you know, if you don't do it, you'll never know. And so I'm, you know, I'm really working hard with that at the moment to push that side of it to try and get it. To people, you know, I just don't want to sit back and go, all right, my book's on there now, that's it. I'm working on um, mm -hmm. trying to get it to the right people. You know, and another... Oh, sorry, sorry, go I ahead. Gonna, I was just going to say, see, like, see where we can go with it. Yeah. You know, another good one is a book bub. Have you heard about them? No. I'm glad, oh. I'm glad I'm on here now. I'm writing all these down <laughs> as, you, as you talk. Uh, well, let me tell you, book bub is kind of the holy grail for um, self-published authors. B-U-B? B-U-B, book B-U-B. Yep. And uh, you can do 
ads on them now. And there's a really, really, really good book from David Galgren, uh, How to Do Bookbub Ads, something like that. Um, maybe I'll, put, I'll send you the link. Um, but uh, so that wasn't the Holy Grail. The Holy Grail was getting a bookbub promotion, which is when they send your book to their email list. And uh, you can put any book up to almost number one in almost any category you want when, when you get that. And uh, that's why they're so expensive now too. And it's not easy to get a book bub. But anyways, that was probably uh, uh, the next goal or, or milestone for you is to get a book bub and do book bub ads and Amazon ads. If you're not doing Amazon ads, I mean, you could do those tonight. Have you done yeah, those yet? Already, uh, I've done a marketing strategy with Amazon where people click on the link for it. It's like an open. Uh, how much you spend. So I've already done that. Um, I haven't seen it pop up yet, but I, I do look. And then, but all, all that, but that's what I was saying. Like this week, that's what I've always, always start, or I have already started to look at based on uh, that I knew, all right, now the first two weeks is over. Book's been launched. Now we've got to try and keep it relevant. And this is where now I've this week actually started to do all that type of uh, research and looking into all those things. Plus, I've also got now. Mail a lot and book up, so I'll be looking at those as well. Um, yeah, but cool. uh, the Amazon, Facebook, Instagram, all those I've been looking at now as we speak uh, to try and uh, keep the book placed as high as I can. I suppose you could say. Give it, yeah. Give it real. Well, Toby, uh, our hour is up. Can you believe it? <laughs> it actually, it's gone long. It's actually it's gone quick. It's been great yeah. actually talking to you. It's been fantastic. Yeah, I really appreciate the time. So, where can we reach you online? Um, just at Toby Dow at y7mail.com. You can reach me on there. Um, I'm, I'm setting up a Psalm, um, a Psalm blog, uh, as I'm getting someone to do it for me, actually, as, as we do, I'm, I'm getting it all set up for Psalm, but it'll also be an author page, more an author page, but obviously because Psalm's the only book at the moment, that's all getting set up. So once that's set up, um, I'll, I'll let you know once it's cool. done. But yeah. like, like I said, like these, all these things I didn't know of, I didn't know to do before. You know, yeah. before I, I'd released the book, I, I had no, no idea about all this. Um, mm. here. So, you know, obviously before the next book uh, comes out, all this would be done so people would click on, which, you know, if the next book's a hit, obviously they click on the other one, which would be some, the, you know, the first one, and they, oh, I didn't see that one. Why yeah, that yeah, one yeah. Well? So hopefully it'll all be, uh, it'll, it'll all be done and it'll all be good. Everything will right be on. forward. Right yeah. I think Amazon well, I ads is your first. I hope next time if I'm talking to you, to, uh, we're talking about the film. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. That'll be the main thing for me. That'd be, that'd be great. Definitively. Yeah. I think, um, <laughs> I think uh, Amazon ads would be the next quick win or the first quick win for you. But um, let me know when your next book comes out and we'll do another podcast. Yes, mate. Hopefully, um, hopefully it's not in 10 years. That's all I know. That's, uh, oh, you got to set a date, yeah. right? You got to push yeah, yourself. Yeah, that's right. It, uh, look, it, I would, I would hope Dead within mind. two years, eighteen months, two years. I hopefully it'll be completed. That that would be my. Uh, well, I'd love to have it done beforehand, but I don't want to put that one year roll on. So I'd, I'd rather say, you know, hopefully eighteen months at the most. I would, I would yeah. hope. Because you now it's, you know, I run my own business. So I'm, by the time I get home, you know, to sit down and I can't do. People go, when you just go on the computer at night, I go because I can't just. I've got to be in that mood, that zone to write. And I can't do like 10, 15 minutes, 20 minutes of writing because I feel it's not productive. I, I don't get anything done. I'd rather sit down for a good good block of three or four hours and, and get a good block of writing done so then I know that you know, I've 
created yeah. something in that time. I don't want to just write two sentences and go, oh, okay, that'll do. You know, I'm, I'm not like that type of person. I've got to sit down and really put effort in and, and do it. And as you know, it takes a long time to do, you know, unless you're uh, – hence, hopefully this time will be a lot quicker because the fact that, as we discussed earlier, you know, I will have a plan. I have everything <laughs> set out, the chapters, the characters, everything done before I sit down and do some. People make it a lot easier, whereas, you know, with this one, um, I, I didn't. It just it just came to me. It was, it was weird, but it just how it worked out. Cool. Well, I look forward to seeing you again. Mate, I appreciate the time. I really do. It's been great talking with you. It's been it's been a fun interview, actually. It's been very good, and I, uh, I can't wait to watch. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Okay, I'll see you next time. Thanks, man. Thanks a lot. Okay, my friends, if you like that podcast, then remember to go to zbooks.co and go get all the materials to start your authoring career. We have a seven-day challenge every week, so there's no excuse to not finish your book. And remember, please go to iTunes and upvote this podcast and Google Play. Okay, I look forward to seeing you at the top.